Skin lost in candy. I got lost in Boston, Austin, Floss, and of course Miami. Vino Nevada, sip pino colada. Mama, seen all the Prada. I rock Maury Phoenix, road to glory, seen it, you seen it. The game abuse it, it's pain and music. But this year, this year remains the bluest. I get lame and lose it. Sorry, I'm late, I just don't give a f what up, what up, what up, what up? Rockin' with the best known unknown podcast on the internet. It's late to work as always. Rockin' live with now episode 25, our quarter centennial. Is that what you call it? Sure. Uh, that sounds fancy. That sounds American. <laughs> quarter, <laughs> quarter centennial episode. As always, it's your boy Money Mitch, aka King Lear, aka the light skinned Lord of the Flies, aka the mixed skin Messiah, aka Daddy Longstroke, the motherfucking Clitoris Wrangler, aka the Dreadhead Nigga in your lobby. You can find me at Mitch Gaines, Gaines with a Y, because I'm a little bit gay. Find me everywhere you want to find me on the internet, wherever you like to be. Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is. Here, rocking with my right hand man, the funniest man in Rhode Island. Even though we in Boston today, <laughs> special edition. It's only Chris Salah, Midwest half, Midwest best, the young OG, rocking in the special edition, twenty five edition episode in Boston. Indeed. So the, re- the reason we in Boston, our our quad centennial, whatever the fuck you call this episode. Uh, as promised, we're trying to do more guests this season, uh, this year, season, we're not a season, so we're not Yeah, it's season two. Right, season two, yeah. <laughs> uh, season two of the Trump tour. Uh, and so we're here with our first guest of, of the season, Rachel D. Simone. Uh, if I had like a clap applause line, I'll play this here. <laughs> that um, sounds like, you ever hear like some people's names and they just sound, that sounds like a famous person's name. Yeah, Rachel D. Simone sounds like you're supposed to be somebody. Why yeah. aren't you like famous yet? Well, I'm going to be. Oh, snap. So this is just the start. So you get a live exclusive behind the scenes before the fame <laughs> here in the grubby gray cardigan, Rachel D. Simone. I'm just teasing. Well, uh, I mean, I did have my brand new TJ Maxx sweatshirt on before until I spilled dinner on it. Swag. I'm rocking the, the $6 Drake imitation sweater, <laughs> so I'm, I'm What is a D. Simone? Are you French? It's or? Italian. Italian? Oh, um, okay. A uh, quarter Italian, a quarter Polish, a quarter Armenian, and a quarter Irish. Oh, you could just get your Ancestry.com shit in the mail. Oh my gosh, if I actually did that, it'd probably be all wrong. Oh yeah, I'm sure. See, I'm like, I'm all these things. Like, somebody, I heard this the other day, somebody was asking me, and it's like, do, does anyone who's not white ever do Ancestry.com? <laughs> I feel like it's just white people trying to find out how they're not white. Yeah. So they can like get a pass. It's like, no, 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 no. But listen, I had a great grandmother who married an uncle through like this weird kind of, it was an exchange. It wasn't like slavery. Like they paid them and stuff. So I'm like 4% black. And I'm like, eh, I mean, black. I am the whitest person I know and I will ever know. But technically, I'm a quarter Middle Eastern. Technically. Yeah. It gets I just proved your point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you're welcome. That's my gift to you for your yes. 25th episode. Well, thank you. You're thank welcome. Uh, so obviously, we have our first guest here. Rachel does a whole bunch of different shit. Uh, food blogger, food culture critic, uh, social media maven in the making, uh, hippie yoga. It reeks of incense <laughs> here while we're recording. I'm getting high off the good vibes just hanging out in this fucking place, and I'm the most pessimistic person I know. <laughs> Uh, so a whole bunch of good shit, uh, but obviously we're going to start with what happened recently because that's what we do in this podcast and the Super Bowl was this weekend. Uh, I don't really give a shit about the sport of it for a change, honestly. Like, I, I hate the Patriots. Yay for the Eagles beating them. The game itself was dope, don't get me wrong, yeah, but like, uh, I don't know. Like, the Super Bowl itself is typically one of my favorite events of the year. Like, Super Bowl up there with like 4th of July and other like America days. So American. Well, exactly. It's just like, it's... To me, it's like you, 
first and foremost, it's a holiday you don't go out for, right? Mm-hmm. I, I said the same thing about uh, Fourth of July. It's like nobody goes to like a Fourth of July bar. You know what I mean? Like you go to a cookout or yeah. you stay the fuck home. You don't yeah. like if you're at the bar drinking at four in the afternoon on Fourth of July. It's I like feel a so nick- bad. For yeah, you. No, like I better a- change my. P- just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But the, but the Super Bowl is the same way. Like, yeah, obviously, you can go for it or whatever. But I feel like the Super Bowl mostly is, like, you go over to somebody's house, like, how, whoever's got the biggest couch, you pick, or, you know, 14 people in a living room. Mm-hmm. Everybody makes a dip or some wings or whatever the fuck, and, like, you sesh out. Yeah. My question is, like, who... Okay, well, I guess we'll start... Who do you invite to the Super Bowl party? Like, like, do you have a so date at the Super Bowl party? Do you it have your friends? Friends Family? always have to be there. Family. It depends on if your if your team is playing. Definitely family. Always friends. Um, I'm always in it for the halftime show unless a New York team is playing. So see, this is, this is the problem though. It's like, do you want to invite somebody to the Super Bowl party who's only there for the halftime show? Is there anything more annoying than the person who's only there for the commercials and the halftime show? No, because generally we bring the best food. Yeah, and it's usually the um, girls that you need girls there, and they're usually for the halftime show. Also, let them come. They. I I'm under, get back to that I point in un- a second. I understand sports. Football is not my favorite sport, but I'm such a Patriots hater that, like, I was so all in, like, edge of my seat, eyes bulging wide open. I find it fascinating watching New York people, like, rooting for the Eagles. It was was very painful, I have to say. (laughs) I had to be very drunk to do it. However, I don't hate anyone more than I hate the Patriots. So I... You're a light company, don't worry. Yeah, I mean, I was with my friends. I was with my boyfriend and... It was fun. Like, I would not want to be one-on-one with someone. I think that would be super boring. At the same time, I wouldn't you want can, to... You can't, like, date watch the Super Bowl. No, no, no. Like, that would be awkward. No, he's a Patriots fan, and we sat, like, across the booth from each other, and, like, we acknowledge each other's presence, and I totally <laughs> tripped him the whole time. And it's just, like, so fun to see Patriots fans mad. They don't know how to lose. Yeah. No, no. And they just get all, like, quiet. Which I, I can't blame them for. Like, when do they lose? You know what I mean? Like, well, last Sunday. But <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's so rare. Like, I wouldn't know how to act either if it happened once in every, you know, yeah. what, 11 weeks? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we like, got so into it, though. We went, we were, like, so lame. We went to Summer Shack by Kings. Oh, so you actually went out for We went out. Days. We were supposed to go to my friend's hotel room, but it ended up being a smaller... friend's got a hotel room for the My Super friend Bowl? was dating this guy who, like, generally gets a nice hotel room when he comes to work in Boston, but there was some dance uh-huh. convention, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We didn't go to the hotel. We went to Summer Shack, and... We were drinking pineapple chi-chi drinks in these parrot cups, which kind of looked like eagles. We were just, like, stroking the parrot cups, and it brought us luck. <laughs> yes, it brought luck. Stroking the pineapple chi-chi. Yes, we were. To the hotel <laughs> this sounds like a weird time. I am a fun time, I tell you. Give me a pineapple chi-chi or two. And- All right, I'm going to back up a couple <laughs> steps there. This dude was... What's... So many questions. <laughs> He gets a hotel room when he comes in the city for business. It's Super Bowl Sunday. He's obviously not coming to work for, like, coming to the city for work. So he was just getting a hotel. No, he was working. He had to work. He worked, like, Wednesday to Wednesday, but uh, he was here for the Super Bowl. All right, I got you. Uh, okay. It, Next question. I just feel like any dude who's like, I only see this girl when I come to the yeah, city. Definitely and I has a, a wife hotel room. and a family at home. Yeah. No, we've been over this. He definitely or is doesn't. paying her. He, does. <laughs> he definitely doesn't. Um, does he take her shopping a lot? No. Okay. I'd like to go shopping. She's sure. definitely a sugar baby. No, I mean, listen, <laughs> I've heard some stories, bro. Uh, I had this girl I used to work with. She told me, uh, like, this dude literally hit her up, was like, I'll pay you, there's no word of a lot, $500 an hour mm-hmm. if you just let me take you shopping mm-hmm. and you make fun of me the whole time. Right. And so, like, 
they, she would just go to the mall, pick out whatever she wanted. Mm-hmm. He'd buy it all, then mm-hmm. pay her five hundred dollars an hour, and she would just insult him for an hour throughout the day. Yeah, and then that, she'd I, leave. I, that I, was I, I do that for half the price. I do that to get my aggression. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know how much I hate people. You just oh, give me God. someone I can find something wrong with yeah. and lay into for no apparent reason. Well, he's. What a is, customer service agent from E-shirts. <laughs> what, what, what is that though? Why? why? I, what is that kink? Yeah, I yeah. have no idea. I'm it, listen. I'm I'm open to all this shit. Like whatever you're into, I'm into at least once, probably twice to make sure. <laughs> but like that, I uh, there's no appeal to me. I don't I don't quite get that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, speaking of weird appeals, also, what do we think of? Uh, I, I don't want to wrap up the Super Bowl conversation too quickly. So you went out for the Super Bowl. Yes. You were. You prefer to be out or would you prefer to be in? I prefer to be in. Okay. I think I didn't want to go anywhere where I had to stand or be pushed by anyone or like yeah, so have to get all rowdy with the Patriots fans. No, I wanted to sit. It was like a little underwhelming. There was really not that many other people in the bar. Mm-hmm. So I would have rather been at someone's house, like feet up on the couch, guacamole. But like we just ordered a shitload of food and hung out and it was That's fun. Cool. What'd you do? I just went yeah. to the bar. Like he was out to yeah. <laughs> so I'm the weirdo. Well, the thing is, like I was, I got invited to a party, and I was just like, I don't feel like going to a party. I was like, I don't, f-. and I was gonna stay at home. And then one of my friends were over, another comic, and I was like, all right, well, I don't have cable, so I gotta go to a party. <laughs> if I don't feel like going I to a party, the shit. <laughs> I, I normally do that, but like I'm just like fucking like I go out and shit and just like eat and just chill out. So that's what I did, and it was like low key. I didn't give a shit. I'm like I'm from so Cleveland. We, I don't give a shit about who wins this game. So like I just chilled out. So we all just had like lame as fuck Super Bowl. Yeah, season. definitely, definitely the lame. I mean, pineapple Chi-Chi did not make my Super Bowl lame. <laughs> that, that's true. Uh, yo, no, I I was sitting was like I was going to a party. Fucking my boy who was throwing the party was like, yo, like none of my boys are coming. It's all my girlfriend's friends. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't do this if I was you. I, was I like, bet no, I'm on board with that. Yeah, I was like, all right, Pat. He's like, yo, I'm going to this kegger out in like Brighton or whatever. I was like, I'm not driving all the way out to Brighton to drink like kegs on a Sunday. Yeah. Like I'm good. Uh, and I went to fuck home and I ordered wings and I made pizza dip and yeah. I watched Super Bowl. My pizza kind dip. Of, oh, my pizza dip's a one girl. Um, <laughs> I broke in my new vape, like I got fucking lit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a great Super Bowl. Uh, watched Patriots lose and won some money. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. So, oh, so I, I never know, win yeah. money when I bet. I did go to Vegas last week and win on the Willy Wonka slot machine, though. It was. How much did you win? Like two hundred dollars. Are you a Vegas person? Chris is a big Vegas guy. Yeah. How many times have you been to Vegas? Once. Oh, yeah. But I did it. I did Vegas right. No, I saw the Backstreet Boys two times. I touched Nick Carter's hand. Oh, I won on the Willy Wonka machine. I got upgraded to a room with a private hot tub. Like this is the most basic white chick shit of all time. Continue. I got upgraded to a suite. You know like, nothing <laughs> is like I, I do want... anything, but yeah, I'm kind of pretty. So they're just like here, and I touched Nick. Oh my god, did I tell you I met Nick Carter? I like touched him. It was so great. Is that what I sound like? No. Okay, um, just making sure. That's definitely how you sound. <laughs> I'm white as fuck, but I'm not basic. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> we I'm, were doing so well, you and how I. Long, how long were you? Oh. Sorry. How long were you in Vegas? Um, four days. Oh, all right, yeah, that's not nice. that long. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the right amount of time. You it's the right amount of time. Yeah, I was ready to go you, home. You but... told me like a long weekend. That's what you told me. Yeah, right? yeah. Like three three days after three days. Like, I like three days in the actual recovery. Yeah. yeah, but the recovery days never 
a recovery day. It's always like, see, that's what I feel like if I went for like whatever you need, like if I was going for three days, I need like a fourth day, but a fourth day like Reno. Yeah, you know what I mean. I need need a fourth day like off the strip. Like I'm actually just gonna go to like a spa. You you always plan like Sunday, just like have a low key day. But whoever you're with is like, all right, well let's have a low key day. But let's start it off with shots, and then next thing you know, it's like six o'clock in the morning. You murder two hookers. Oh my god! Oh, I have to say, I'm pretty sure a hooker commented on my sparkly ice cream pumps, uh-huh. um, and I was. I mean, very that happy sounds hookery. That. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I was. I took the compliment. I, as well, you should. Hey, I'm down. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of bros traveling to Vegas for the Super Bowl. Like, is that a thing? Do you travel for the Super Bowl? Yeah. I'm sure. Well, I any excuse. Yeah. Any okay, excuse. Because okay. you can gamble a lot mm-hmm. on it, and then you mm-hmm. can. And yeah. you can gamble on every part. Like, yeah, exactly. you don't understand. Like, no, I, I, don't. I made collectively maybe. That's it. Like I, I think I ended up plus like nineteen dollars. Yeah. So I didn't make any like real money, but I made about twenty seven bets in the Super Bowl because you you can bet you know MVPs, how long the national anthem is gonna be, exact scores, uh, rushing total. Like I, one of the bets I took was like the Patriots total points versus uh, how how many collective points, assists, and rebounds Russell Westbrook would have yeah. in this game the same. I've like, already crossed stopped listening. That's what I mean. Like this it was is ridiculous. The difference between our genders, yeah. Uh, and so it's it's definitely like it's that I guess that's my bigger point is like is it a going out day is it a staying in day with like friends is it a brocation day like I don't know what the Super Bowl is supposed to be and it feels like every year my Super Bowl is way day. like I was Super Bowl alone this year I went out, uh, like went to a house party last year I hosted the year before that yeah. like it's been different every year to me I don't know what it's supposed to be I don't think it's supposed to be anything I think Plans never stay the same. Honestly, if I had to pick one thing, I'd say going to someone's house, house party kind of deal. But, like, you go out to the bar, there's no shame. Like, you just make of it what, like, you want. I think secretly I just really enjoy hosting the Super Bowl and can't wait to I hate host. I hate hosting stuff. I don't like, 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 don't, like, because people bring over shit and people stay too long. I hate when people stay too (laughs) long and I'm just like, dude, like, it's over. The game's over. Like, go home. Give me about 90 seconds on this then. This is why the Super Bowl is the perfect event to host. It's a limited amount of people because it's limited to the amount of seating that your apartment can hold. So we're talking even if you have a baller-ass place, like yeah. max 20 people. Yeah. Because, right? like, you can have enough seats for most everybody and, like, two to three people standing at any given point. You never want more than that. You're yeah. kind of a douchebag at that point. It's a given end time. Mm-hmm. When the game ends, anyone who's there more than an hour past the end of the game, yeah, you're see, an asshole. hour is too much. <laughs> no, I, I agree. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, okay, cool, the game ends, like, we watch a little of the post-game, the MVP or whatever, finish your beers and go home. Mm-hmm. Cool, like, you want to wrap up your shit to take with mm-hmm. you? You want to take an extra 10 minutes to actually clean your shit I'm up? Not, you, I'm not going to get your way. <laughs> yeah. Leave you your beer and get out. <laughs> That's where I'm at. This is immediately once Listen, the game. Listen, I know you brought a 12 pack. I know that was number 10. You're leaving me the last two, nigga. Exactly. Fuck out of my apartment. And then you had to clean up after all these people and shit. It's, it's like, paper plates, fucking tablecloths. It's really Yeah, no. You put tablecloths out for the Super Bowl? You're yeah. fancy. No, well, like disposable ones. I'm not trying to, like, ruin my tables. That's still fancy. Yeah, put I mean, a tablecloth out for you. Listen, you don't... A Mitch getting an event is a good... Like, <laughs> yeah. Anytime I'm throwing something, niggas really think it's going to be... Like, y'all got to come through. I throw a good party. People just yeah. don't believe... Mm. I've heard about the parties. I've heard about the breakfast. And I've, I'm just waiting for the delivery. <laughs> so I guess we should mention... This is how I know Rachel. is through, through a mutual friend, my good roommate, uh, who... <laughs> I've been hearing about this for, I guess, about six months now, how mm-hmm. I one time promised to cook them breakfast and never delivered. Mm-hmm. I'd like to clarify on air, on the record. <laughs> I woke up, mm-hmm. cooked my girlfriend in me breakfast, mm-hmm. then waited 
an hour mm-hmm. to wake them up to cook them breakfast. Yeah. Woke up my roommate, mm-hmm. cooked both of them breakfast, left them plates covered on the stove, uh-huh. woke them up again on my way out. Uh-huh. And my nigga never like relayed the message uh-huh. or really got a, like woke up or anything. Yeah, so no, that is not on miss, me at all. The breakfast was there and I'm done hearing about uh-huh. that shit. I was a great but the roommate. breakfast was not in my mouth at any time. Because I didn't make sausage. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I don't eat meat, so. This is also true. Uh, but you do enjoy a good chocolate, from what I'm told. Yes. Oh, um, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very problematic podcast. <laughs> um, do we have anything else we want to say about the Super Bowl before we move on to other things? No. Do we see Kevin Hart? Can we just? Yeah, I, and I, I mean, he made a statement about it. It was funny. Uh, that he was. He, he did you hear a statement? No. He was just like, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, I got too drunk. I just wanted to be in the stage with my city. Don't drink. <laughs> like he, he just he, 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 he yeah he owned it. He owned it. But here's the thing. Um, I get like people were making too much out of the Super Bowl. Like one like Patriot fans are all sad and shit. Like the dog just died. Yeah. It was like you're if you died. Brady wouldn't give a shit. Like, no one <laughs> of Patriots, like, you get home, let's say you were mad and you drive it home because Patriots lost, you get clipped by, like, uh, a sewage truck. Like, no one of the Patriots is going to give two shits. No. Like, you don't get a car, no. like, Brady's knack and then, like, drop a tear, it's over. You probably and won't then, even visit the hospital. And then the Eagles fans, they, they, they win and Yo. they tear up this city. Like, <laughs> like you don't deserve, like, in there, is there any way... The display to the world that you don't deserve a championship. Like you destroy your own city. My my question is like, when are we gonna stop being surprised? But like, it doesn't really matter in the city. This seems to happen everywhere. The only reason people are like, oh, Boston never does is because we win every fucking year. Okay, we did that the first time. Go back and look at us yeah. winning the World Series in '04. What's that? That shit was a massacre. <laughs> okay, what, I was what, out on the streets that night. That is, shit there, was is there wild. some? Is is it? Is this just like humanity just looking for excuse to just go fucking nuts? Like it's, they it's, just so listen, rip, like sports. <laughs> sports are tribal. Sports are tribal and violent, and they're yeah. all the things we're taught to avoid in our regular day life. Mm. So when your team wins a championship, that's like your purge six hours. There are no rules. Yeah. Like you go, you flip cars, you fucking throw Molotov cocktails through windows, you do fucking chin ups on fucking crossing guards, yeah. whatever you gotta do, you jump through awnings. People just wild up. I don't understand that shit. I don't understand. But I that. also was once nineteen. I understood it then. Yeah, I, yeah you just like to break stuff, but yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just fun to do. And yeah. somebody's telling you it's okay to do in this setting. And before, <laughs> yeah. I also, that's my okay. So it used to be. Because people people didn't take it so... And it's like, it's the one upsmanship of the internet. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, before yeah. it was like, okay, like, we yanked down a street sign. Mm-hmm. Then it was like, oh, like, we threw a beer bottle through, like, a stoplight. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, we graffitied some stop signs. No harm, no foul. Like, that's a fun yeah. riot. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, we saw some, some fireworks off. Like, some people got too drunk. We, like, played some music and danced in the streets. That's fun. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Flipping cars. Yeah, just like, come on. But, well, I feel like that was the next step, though. So we went from, like, fun right, and then, like, flipping cars was like, I'm going to test the water. Yeah. We're not going to burn anything yet. We're not going to light anything on fire. We're not going to even vent or, like, steal anything or loot anything. But we're going to flip this car and see what happens. And then that started getting, like, normal. When you have to Crisco the street lamps, yeah. that's you know, when you know. When you but, and that's what I mean. And it's, it's very much like the court storming in college basketball is, like, it's become cliche. Yeah. Like, 
If you write, it was like, Philly had every reason to, honestly. You never won a Super Bowl before. It's been six years, yada, yada, yada. If you want to wild the fuck out, cool. That's the time to do it. The problem is, no, there's not. we, we knew they no were going to do it, yes yeah. or no. And it was like a pre-planned riot. Mm. And there's nothing cool about like <laughs> pre-planned like menace. Like, let's all meet at 7.15 at City Hall, and then we're going to paint our names individually at one by two squares. <laughs> like... You're fucking corny for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like, I can't be like, if you're like, like, oh, trying to organize flipping someone's car over, some some accountant on his second divorce, oh, and you God. flipping over this jackass's <laughs> car, he's waking up, he got alimony to pay that day, oh. and then he comes out and sees his car flipped <laughs> over, because yeah, because the Eagles fucking won. <laughs> I always like, I always have to wonder though. Don't you kind of deserve it for parking on that street the night of the game? N- no. Like, yeah, like you know where the riot's going to happen. It's a pre-planned riot. You know what it's going to be? Where all the cops are barricaded off. Yeah, people Everyone's know. Everyone's going. So what are you doing parking your Chrysler 200 on that fucking road? <laughs> you're betting that Brady doesn't lose. That's what you're doing. He like, made a I, bet. I he, guess. He just bet his car. that or like. Just, just bet his deductible. <laughs> new theory. Is that the come up if you drive a hoopty? Because insurance covers that. No, right? I got a cousin to burn your car tonight. We can call him up. Yeah, but then, <laughs> you, don't, you don't need a ride to do it. <laughs> I know a guy named Skillet. He'll do it. <laughs> What's a better story to the insurance, though? Yeah. Nick Foles, Skillet. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, one's a little bit more believable. One's a little wider. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's the other point a lot of people keep making is like, well, like, they allow all this to go on, but, like, they were handcuffing and shooting at, like, Black Lives Matter protests. And I'm just like, I get it. I'm woke enough to understand it. Yeah. But, like, this is one of the few times I'm just in that, like, can we leave sports alone realm? Like, let niggas be stupid for, like, six hours. Like, we saw this in Vancouver. I think Vancouver did this perfectly. And I hate the Vancouver fucking Canucks. But they lost. They rioted off their Stanley Cup. And the next day, they had a city-organized cleanup day. Yeah. So they rioted. They went and cleaned everything back up. They made some yeah. donations. And they went on about their time. That's, let's do that. That's cool. Yeah. Like, you can riot for, like, 12 hours. And after that 12 hours, we clean for, like, 24. I'm not, if I'm rioting, I'm making a decision. I'm not cleaning afterwards. <laughs> this is a riot in the city. I pay taxes. Let the city take care of this. If I riot in my apartment, then I'll clean more. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, good idea. <laughs> Uh, no, honestly, like, let's face facts. The people who are riding are the people who show up to the cleanup. It's the people who show up to the cleanup who want to feel good about themselves. Yeah. Let them feel good. I'm going to show up to the riot. It's true. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm going to show up to neither. Unless they, like, riot, like, in the Best Buy, I get a flat screen yeah. in the Xbox, and then my riot's done. I mean, I get a dishwasher, bro. Yeah. Like, my dish is piled up, so Best Buy riot, I'm with. Uh, yeah. Do we want to touch on Super Bowl ads at all? Any that particularly spoke to you, yeah. insulted you? <laughs> Everyone knows that that Malcolm Martin Luther King speech I'm was so mad. So see that ridiculous! Real time. I literally like I got up to like get food or whatever. Looked at my timeline. It was all that was on my Twitter timeline. Was yeah. like Dodge really MLK really? And I like had to Google and fucking YouTube and shit. And I was just like, bro, like what is this video? Like, it's it's one thing to use the speech, right? Okay, like, that's pretty problematic. Like, we're really using, like, civil rights to try and sell pickup trucks? Yeah, exactly. Is that really the demo? (laughs) But, like, okay, cool, let's go. I'm I'm rolling. Like, this ad exactly... Because the truck has killed more black people being dragged (laughs) than any other truck. (laughs) No one used to drag niggas around Alabama with? (laughs) Dodge Rams. (laughs) You know what I mean? Buy one. Like, but then the whole video was, like... 
baby, dog, nurse, firefighter, bonfire, inspiration. It's just like... Dodge. Yeah, exactly. It was like they took like 25 Shutterstock clips yeah. of inspiration, played them one after another yeah. with like inserted clips of a Dodge grill. Yeah. And then like laid over like a random 30 second ML. It was know, like... In a speech where he talks about like being anti-capitalist and how like yeah. pursuing like essentially like the ideals of like the next best thing like and how crippling that is to our society like that's the moment of that speech later on yeah like it's, the whole thing is messy yeah it was ridiculous but yeah I don't want I'm di- like I'm done with the Super Bowl <laughs> right, cool. they no. Are you? Do you have anything to say in the Super Bowl? I was really yeah. underwhelmed. I thought I was coming for the entertainment, mm. and I left loving that the Patriots oh. lost. I didn't think that? Justin Timberlake was great. I don't know yes. what he was wearing, what his background dancers Yo. were wearing. Yeah. Like, you have so long to prepare and choose your outfit, and, like, were and you in the woods? Were you in, like, an acid <laughs> spill? Like it, The I shirt looked like a woods camel. Like, it was like a landscape. I thought you were supposed to blend in with something behind like, him yeah. at some point. That's why, why are you from the woods it? all of a sudden? I was very underwhelmed. Well, and also, why are you from the woods but wearing joggers with Jordans? Yeah. I didn't <laughs> like, you got dead stock J's on and with like, joggers and, like, the landscape. Everything clashed. I was, yeah. I wasn't, and, like, not I because wrong. you're Justin Timberlake. Like, that and doesn't... Let me say all this. I mean, you would still smash it after... And he could be wearing that. And you still let him hit it. Yeah. <laughs> but here, well, here's my problem with it, though. It's like, I think he pulls that off mm-hmm. if he performed well. Yeah. He just, he seemed slow to me. Like, everything seemed to he step seemed behind. He seemed bored. He seemed bored or old. I can't tell which. Oh, yeah. I think a little bit And I, I can't believe that Justin Timberlake's old yet. No, he's he like 37, like, That's what I mean. But he yeah. looked like he literally like lost the step. Like, I'm used to seeing Justin Timberlake and being like Bruno Mars blown yeah. up. Yeah. You know I thought we were going to get a little nipple from him. I, you know what? Actually, I really thought like he might like, as a fuck, <laughs> he like rip out his own nipple. Like, <laughs> that that's what I mean. Like, he, there's so many places to go and he just never got it. With no. The, 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 the fr- Prince thing was dope, I thought. Did you? Yeah, I thought, well, Prince is from Minnesota. It was a good look. Uh, I know Prince didn't, didn't, was completely against having an actual hologram. Mm-hmm. I like that they so, did the screen thing. So the screen yeah. thing was like the best thing you could do, the tribute to him. Yeah. I was, I was, I thought the, the purple across the yes. city was It was, it was the yeah. right thing to do. It yeah. was respectful, but just the whole thing, I was like, that's it? I kept yeah. waiting for the wow factor. I, like, come ever. have Jay-Z or someone. Or, or, or someone. Beyonce on that yeah, song, they, they Yeah. yeah. Or they should have done two surprises. Yeah. They should have just, like, brought some more people out. I think that, like, Jay-Z and Beyonce weren't, they both did not. I know Jay-Z definitely uh, declined doing anything in the mm. Super Bowl, mm. but, like, he, I think he should transition it differently and have some surprise guests and shit. I definitely think a guest or two would have helped. I also think it sounded like he had some sort of technical thing at the beginning because he yeah. went from, like, he was singing every word, and it sounded horrific. Like, yeah. it sounded like metallic. Like, it was definitely not, like, I don't put that on him. It sounded, like, yeah. technically bad. And then all of a sudden, like, th- he was lip-singing, like, full verses and yeah. just, like, doing pretty much, like, occasional ad-libs and dancing, but yeah. dancing poorly. Like, I didn't get the... the none of the show really made sense. The mirrors thing was cool. Yeah. I, I dug that. Uh, oh, I was just like, wow, scene. you think you're cool because you're, like, waving... 
Oh, okay. I don't know. Well, like, it's okay. Like the, I'm just the very light, judgmental. Like, the light was visual fine. was cool to me. I don't know. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, but yeah, like a generally underwhelming. Underwhelming is the exact word. Yeah. yeah. One word reply. And, and J- JT's in that like one pocket of the industry where like he can do. He could probably kick a baby and still get off. Uh, like a week they'll shame him, but after that, like, oh, there's JT though. It's like, true. Like, I'll be listening to him in, like two days. Yeah. Exactly. Justin Timberlake He's just made pretty yeah. much a country music album, and we're all yeah. giving it a pass. Like, we all like, made a couple jokes, like, oh, like, this nigga. And he's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, not, not, a fan. I'm not a fan of his, his album either. No. I'm not I'm a not fan not. of his albums, period, but I'm a fan of his singles. His first album. Yeah. His, his, first solo, his first solo album was dope. It was mm-hmm. Justified. Whatever it's called. I forget. It's called Justified. I was yeah, that Britney Spears might pop out. That's <laughs> yes. My, that was my last wish. <laughs> that Britney Spears might pop out. No. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't. Britney Spears Rit- pops up, pulls out her. Dude, every, dude, every <laughs> Britney's, Who wouldn't enjoy that? Yeah, Britney's had a run. They should just lay her to rest. Actually, no, I, I was having this debate with somebody earlier today, actually. Whose career would you take pop star-wise? Britney, Katy Perry, or Christina Aguilera? Like, who, who, uh, who do you think's had the best full-length, complete career as a pop star? I think Christina, I mean, besides when she gets, like, super fat and shit. <laughs> when did she get fat? Oh, she oh, you don't remember fat? that? Yeah. I'll take Christina. Okay. I missed na- that. Like, besides when she gets, like, re- she just looks like McPiggy for a little bit. But, like, <laughs> oh, Nick no, Piggy. sorry. It just clicked in my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was, yeah. But, yeah, Brittany, Brittany had that weird phase where, like, she. The head shaving yeah, phase? Yeah. 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 And she never really. And she doesn't she's in Vegas now. Like, she made it. Is she still there? I thought she was done. Yeah. Did she do her last show? Was so. it? Oh, no, it was coming up. Yeah. yeah. Is Vegas made? I feel like Vegas is, like, the last, like, you're pretty much like a circus act at that point. Like, I feel like you can't go are. from being Britney Spears to a Vegas act. Well, I know like, J-Lo's true. doing Vegas. And but that's what I mean. It's like cooler like, now. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it is cooler, but it's not like you're going to drop a hit album. After. Like, this is a, that's a dancing with the stars of it, like, in, yeah. like yeah. performance. Yeah. Senior, like, senior yeah. tour. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, and, but she's not really talented. Like, she's just mostly Who, marketing. Bernie? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah no, I think Christina no, had the most sustained. Yeah. I think she just had the most, like, she never dropped off like the, like, Katy yeah. Perry's gone off the deep end, Britney Spears yeah. went off the deep end, bounced back slightly, yeah. and is still, like, in the kitty end of the pool. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like Christina never really, like, sucked. Yeah. Like, she yeah. didn't peak quite as high as the other two, yeah. but she got close, and yeah. then stayed, like, she plateaued much yeah. higher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Interesting food for thought. Yeah. Uh, anyway, other things on my list, Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. coming up soon. What? Hold on. Pause the presses. What are you doing for Valentine's Day? I'm not doing anything. What is your current situation? Because I don't my, know my, the situation. My current goes. situation is I'm not doing anything for Valentine's Day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that will, that for listeners who don't situation. remember, about seven episodes ago, <laughs> Chris got a girlfriend. And now Chris is doing nothing for Valentine's Day. So that's Do what you I'm can't doing. fill in the place. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I would like to know. Uh, I just no, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, no. Uh, I, I mean, I just don't want to. Is because your, other is your wish not involved. to do anything for Valentine's Day part of why you're not doing anything for Valentine's Day? Uh, no. I mean, my thing is that uh, one. I a. I think Valentine's Day is stupid. Uh, but if you spend, but if you are going to do Valentine's Day, you should do it with in a situation that you're com- with someone who you're completely in love with and you are fucking special and shit like that. And so hold on. Right hold now. On. You 
apply like the Catholic dad mentality <laughs> of sex to like celebrate yep. Valentine's. Yep. Like you shouldn't do it until you're like a hundred percent sure you think you're gonna get married to this person. Then maybe you can explore. Start Look. with like a card, <laughs> maybe a candy bowl. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude. No, have I'm, you ever celebrated Valentine's Day? Yeah, I've celebrated for Valentine's Day. I've never. Dude, Valentine's Day is stupid. One, like you're just get okay. So you go to this overpacked restaurant filled with a bunch of dumb people who are trying to save their shitty relationships, and you sit down there and you just look at each other, fucking, and chat while you drink expensive. $8 drinks and fuck, why does that keep going? Did you just say expensive $8 <laughs> drinks? Yeah. Nigga, what are you usually drinking? I was going to say, where can I get an $8 drink? If you give me like a legit $8 cocktail, I'll be thrilled. Me too. $8 was a lot for a second. Bro, I went to, I forgot we glossed over this. I went to that sex party a couple weeks ago. Uh, and we're at the bar, like when I first get there. Did you mention the sex party? Tell me more. We'll get to that, I'm sure. But, uh, I ordered like a fucking Jamo Ginger or This shit was like $17. Oh, I was like, yo! Like, yeah. like, this is why I don't drink at hotel bars. <laughs> Does it come with a blowjob? That's what I'm saying. It could have. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so what you were saying about Valentine's Day. So Yeah, Valentine's Day is stupid. But, you know, if, it's, 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 if, if you're with someone, then like, you know, you go through the motions. But everyone should know it's stupid. What? It is stupid. Do you have you always when you celebrate Valentine's Day? Have you always gone out? Are you going? Are you a go? Are you go outer people? Or are you stay in? Like, do you like cook a nice meal? Do you like rose petal to the bedroom? Like, no, what's your Valentine's like move? What What is your best Valentine's move? Let's uh, start. I like this. Okay. I don't even know. Uh, like dinner, like cards, gift. You know, nothing like too big, but something to show that you appreciate it, and you know, then ain't no. I feel like I feel like you are not. Joking. I feel like you are not like the heartfelt guy at all. Like you were hitting cliche. No, I am. I am. I am not. I will like look. I because all of it's stupid, but like I will do it because like I feel who if I'm with someone they deserve it. I don't want them, whoever their friends, to be getting this special shit, and if they deserve it, me not do it. I'll do it, although I know it's stupid. But I'll do so it. So why do you do it? Because whoever I'm with should deserve whatever she if she appreciates that, then I'll do it because she appreciates that, and then I'll resent her internally. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm just joking. Now, I, I mean, it's jokes. Eat your there. chocolate and your card. No, yeah. I don't okay. So no, okay, no. This is a good question. Okay, so. First things first. How long you? How long y'all gotta been dating before, like you celebrate Valentine's Day? Um, like if 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 you're like, so me and my girl's anniversary is in February. And one I, year. Uh yeah, fe- so February tenth. Uh-huh. So we it's like a dual anniversary Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. I get out of the whole thing. Yeah. But I'm saying like if you start dating in like December, January, nope. right? Like you're not celebrating Valentine's. Nah, Day. Um, there has incorrect. to be. There has to be a one wait, year wait, wait, mark. What? You, like, for real celebrate Valentine's Day? Yeah. If you started dating in, like, November? I just started dating my boyfriend a month ago, and we are celebrating Valentine's oh, Day. That's, that's what are you doing for Valentine's Day? Does he have to give you a gift? Because that's stupid. No. Yeah. I, he just has to pay I, for I also meal. think Valentine's Day is stupid. I don't want to go out because I've worked it as a server, and it's so awkward yeah, yeah. to watch people spend a boatload of money for no reason. 
for some chick it's past super her prime. Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yo, I'm encouraging anyone listening to just the audio of this. Please go watch this episode on YouTube because facial reactions are 100 percent worth it. I always forget when I like bring problematic Chris around other people. <laughs> I just say shit to get a rise out of people. Oh, I don't the believe it. The thing is, you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> seen a lot of th- seen a lot of people out. I just want to spend time with the per. I have never had a good Valentine's Day my entire life. I used to like will myself sick when I was younger because like all my friends had boyfriends and I get so sick. Last year, how young is this? You're like hypochondriac yourself. Young, mm-hmm. like like twelve or like fifteen. Yeah, like both. So but, like so like eleven years old, you were like bugging out because like yeah. all my friends have boyfriends. When you grew up in New York City, you know you gotta hustle, you gotta find a boyfriend, you gotta be cool. There's all these things. But then last year, my best friend, one of my best friends, got me a box of chocolates, like really delicious Jardelli chocolates. The next day, I got the stomach flu and threw them up all over the floor. So like, fuck that. Um, but this year, I will have a good Valentine's Day. All I want is a card. And some chocolates, not that one specific box. I've already taken him to the drugstore and said, not that box. All right, uh, I'm going to pull a shameless plug here for your boyfriend's sake and for anyone else out there listening who's in the Boston area. Drive your ass up to either Salem or Gloucester. Go to Turtle Alley. Your girlfriend will thank you. It's the very best chocolate that you'll find on God's green earth. The actual <laughs> Queen of England gets their shit imported to her. It's that fucking No good. way. I swear to God. From Massachusetts? Yes, and they make the world's best turtles. If you're a turtle person, they make a bunch of other shit that's delicious too. I've been going there since I was fucking 15. Every girlfriend I've had on a Valentine's Day has thanked me gloriously, even though I ate half of it. Um, I thank you in advance for getting me some. <laughs> thank you, boyfriend. You know uh, where I live. <laughs> send him the link. <laughs> Flowers. <laughs> flowers too. <laughs> oh, now you want flowers too? So, but this is my thing, right? So the base expectation is like you show up with some nice chocolates, which uh, although I just plugged them, I like nice chocolates are expensive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I'm coming through like a twenty dollar box of chocolates. Yeah. A minimum, even if I'm cheaping out, like fifteen dollars, yeah. twenty dollars worth of flowers. Throw yeah. another five for the card. Maybe yeah. we go get you know a bottle of wine or two. Like all of a sudden I'm in the hole for like eighty dollars for a chick I met six weeks ago. Because <laughs> you already smashed. So what? Like yo, like, like, what are you talking, that's what, what am I doing? Like, like a fourth, fifth date? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, no. is Valentine's Day sex a thing? Like, is that something you want to no. like butter someone okay. up for? Is yo, that like you want to talk about a Valentine's fucking move? So a couple of years ago, this is back when like Mitch had energy and didn't hate the entire world quite yet. Uh, I but I'm also hella broke at this point. You know? mm-hmm. I was like working two part time jobs, whatever. So I'm like, how do I be like in my relationships in the gutter at this point? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, how do I salvage this relationship? Be like emotionally supportive boyfriend. I want to surprise her, but do all of this for like less than 170 dollars because mm-hmm. I'm. Pissed oh, that's off. a. High number. Oh no, but I was like, I wanted to make like a statement. Like this was gonna be like, if this night goes well, like maybe we salvage this. If it doesn't, we probably shouldn't be together. Uh, I'd rather be $170 richer. <laughs> this relationship's not worth $170. I, I'd rather find out for $170 than find out three years later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I grew up on the shit out of this day. I, I had a Brazilian steakhouse. We caught a comedy show. Uh, did some other shit, or whatever. And then uh, the comedy show we caught was at a hotel. And uh-huh. I got in a room at the hotel, but like didn't tell her. Uh-huh. Uh, and so then, speaking of Valentine's Day sex, we're both like drunk, whatever. We go wander off to go like find somewhere in the hotel to like have sex. Mm-hmm. I find a room key in the elevator. We go to try and figure out which room it is, mm-hmm. open up the room, rose petals to the bed, champagne, mm-hmm. candles all around the room, the whole shit. And like, 
for all that effort, mood's dope. I got the music playing. Like, I've never, like, had, like, romantical, like, movie-type sex like that. Yeah. This shit was done, like, 22 minutes. <laughs> no, is that yeah, your fault nah. or her fault? Now you got Byron's no, remorse. No, not like, neither. Like, it was good sex. Like, not Byron's remorse, but it's also, like... The trailer of this movie is really good. <laughs> but, but, exactly, like, here's the thing. Like, what do you... Like, what they never show you in that movie moment is, like... Yeah. What are you doing after that? No, that's why I don't True. like the setup. It's like I'm hanging out with a bit that's like stained with rose petals. I'm thinking in the back of my head, shit, the incidentals on this bitch is gonna be wild. I got wax dripping off the fucking desk. The champagne ice is all melted yeah. on the floor. Like, I, I'm but like, it's guys like you that have that put that bar so high because it's like you say I don't do any of that stuff, but then you did it. So then it's like no, all I the do girls that. Stuff. Want that because it's yeah. like, all right, I just want a box of chocolates, but like. I'm not going to be okay, mad so if you go about here, Here's my question, though. Like, And th- this is my argument that I make as that guy. is What's the point in me spending $80 on a mediocre box of chocolate, some shitty flowers, a mediocre card, and like a bottle of wine that I picked up at the liquor store next to your house versus like me going out and spending $120 and getting a hotel room and getting you like real fucking roses and treating you to like a really special quote-unquote evening? Like, it cost me an extra $40 and like an hour more prep time. Yeah. Worth it for a girl I like. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I'd rather, like, I think it'd be cool to, like, to take all that money. Like, let's say Valentine's Day falls on, like, a Wednesday or Thursday. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, fuck this. Let's just go on a road trip on Friday right. and no, go middle of nowhere, go out to eat there, somewhere cheap. Dude, you know mm-hmm. what me and my girlfriend are doing for our anniversary slash Valentine's Day? Mm-hmm. I'm going and getting giant plate sized mm-hmm. blueberry pancakes. Mm-hmm. At, like, high noon so that we can sleep in all day. Yeah. Like, taking a trip up to Salem, going to hang on the coast, eat delicious breakfast, yeah. and, like, cuddle all day. That's, that's my yeah, plan. That's it. And that's You're all, a cuddler. Uh, oh, yeah. I, wh- you I asked, you was that. You asked me about uh, my open relationship earlier. Mm-hmm. One of, like, we re like, me and my girlfriend are in constant communication. Like, we, like, reset kind of, like, our boundaries and our rules all the time. The only rule that has really never been, like... Anytime it's even been brought up for discussion, it's like a one-word discussion that word is no. It's like, don't cuddle with anyone else. Like, here, <laughs> like that is like the one rule of our relationship. Like, mm-hmm. fuck around however you want to. Like, we can, everything is malleable and discussable. You're not cuddling. Uh, and like, the one time I like hooked up with somebody who like, we slept in the same bed and it was so awkward because I like was intentionally sleeping back to back with this person. Mm-hmm. And she's like, aren't you going to cuddle? And I was like, nah, like, I can't do that. She's like, what do you mean you can't? I was like, nah. Yeah. Like, here's you my girl's be- number. You want to call her? Like, you can ask, but like, no. <laughs> you might as well leave at that point. <laughs> yeah, do that. I was too drunk to leave. Yeah. Uh, that was a while ago. That was not a recent thing. Anyway, I'm sidetracked. <laughs> Valentine's Day. So, you're supposed to go out, I feel like, yeah? For all yeah. the things I just said, like, once you're... I don't want to go out. Yeah. I think... I think you're supposed to go out for... You're either supposed to go out or do, like, a real date night in. Yes. For the first one. Yeah. I think Valentine's, like, two through proposal, mm-hmm. you can, like, kind of take it more, like, low-key. Like, you know, do it, like, a day trip. I mean, a weekend trip or something yeah. like that. Like, you know, go, like, catch a show or something together, maybe. Or, you know, something, like, lighter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just spending time together, honestly. Exactly. Like, well, because I feel like when you're dating for a year, it's like, I see you minimum two, three times a week. Like, let's carve out some extra time for, like, us this week and, like, celebrate us, but we don't have to do anything that fancy. I think once you're engaged, like, engagement through marriage, Mm -hmm. like, you got to bring it on Valentine's Day. 
you can't be a fiance and be like weak sauce in Valentine's. Yeah. Sorry, you put a ring on it and you haven't tied the knot. That ring is that's that's worth twelve Valentine's Day. Agreed. <laughs> and you know when you get to cash those in yeah. after you're married. Yeah. Because like as of, I, don't, I don't care how long you want to be engaged. You can be engaged for ten years if you want to. But all ten of those Valentine's days, you better fucking bring. Mm. Once you're married, nah, you're nah. like anniversary Valentine's days. Yeah. Like your fifth Valentine's Day, tenth. It's like your first one, your fifth one, your tenth. It's as like, long as you remember. Exactly. You know, you, you're talking about like mailing. Like literally, you can send a card and a single red rose, and you're good money. Yeah, you get as many. Well, you get as many roses. Of weeks as you squatted. Keep the play. You, no, you <laughs> say that and you go and meet a chick who does mad legs and you're gonna be broke as fuck, bro. Long set roses are like $9. I'll a mix piece. them in with some fake ones. I, I got a cousin. <laughs> My man go to Trader Joe's, the, the 20 roses for $9.99. I go to 7 Eleven and mix them in <laughs> with, some, with some real roses. You, you wanna talk about some, some guy code plugs for fellas out there listening for Valentine's advice? Go to Trader Joe's or Whole Foods for your roses. No bullshit. Whole Foods do two dozen roses for like twenty four ninety nine. Oh, yeah. Beautiful no fucking budget roses. roses. But they're nice ass yeah, roses. Uh, so I do those and I do sunflowers from Trader Joe's. That's yeah. my shit. And yo, you can get lilies for like seven bucks. Like yo, there's nothing. Trader Joe's. And, there's nothing and, wrong with grocery store. Oh, two buck Chuck was it? Oh the yeah, right? two buck Chuck the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yo, listen. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with grocery store flowers so long as you go to an upscale grocery store. Yeah. If you go to a Trader Joe's, you go to a Whole Foods, you go to like a Wegmans, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So long as you don't get like market basket flowers, yeah. you get money, dog. Like, you just fine. I got you roses and sushi. <laughs> yeah. Sushi. Yeah. Basically. Anything but Russell Stover chocolates, or else we're breaking up. Yeah, that's the is a dev warrant. <laughs> Russell Stover is like crap. Like yeah. you literally oh, okay. I thought walked you said, into the store, closed your eyes, and handed it to the checkout person. Yeah, like, you went you went to CVS and bought it off the end cap. But like they sell nice shit at CVS. Like you don't have to get Russell Stover. Like if you buy Russell Stover, it's basically like I don't love you. Here's your chocolate. I put zero thought into this, and I remember my grandma giving me this when I was a kid, yes. so here's some for you. Yeah. Sorry, Russell Stover. Well, now I know not to get Russell Stover's. Unless I want to break up. That's why I want to explain to someone no. I don't love them. That would be the illest breakup. You just yeah. walk up and be like, happy Valentine's yeah. Day. <laughs> that would be a oh, great thanks, commercial man. for, like, Jardelli or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That That's was. I actually love this idea. <laughs> we the Super Bowl commercial should hire us to write their commercial. You know, how do you have bad Super Bowl commercials? You have so long and so much money. It's like do you know how, something. Do you know how much money it costs to run a Super Bowl ad this year? Millions. For the the do cheapest Super Bowl ad slot of the game this like year, a thirty second spot. Thirty second spot. Four point four million. Jeez, you get someone shot for that. Uh, you can get a, you everybody get a shot. Yeah, Nigga, I could get a gang taken care of for, for five million. Yeah. I know people who catch your bodies for 15. You kidding me? You get a lot of work done. I get guys who keep it quiet for 25. <laughs> Shit. Five million? The judge paid off. I could kill a lawyer for five million dollars. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Yeah, uh, those doctors who got knocked off in the South End. They were pushing pills. What are they worth? Like a half a mil each? Yeah. Like, ain't nobody caught who killed them yet. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Anyway, FBI, if you're listening, I don't murder people for real. I don't know anyone named Julio or Chave or any of that. Rachel looking at me very nervous right now. Like, who's Julio? Mm-hmm. I'm from Hell's Kitchen. That's where the Irish mob was. I know stuff. Oh, that's right. I know stuff. Daredevil's from, too. Wait, for real? I'm not a comic guy. Yeah. Not. yeah. Comic. It was, it was, I shouldn't even have said that. 
<laughs> so wait, when did you move here? Where, give us, give us um, the racial backstory because we should get into that. Anyway. Sure. I moved here like six and a half years ago. I went to BU to do my undergrad um, and then I did my master's as well and then I stayed. I was oh, going to... Hey, hey. Hi. Yeah. What'd you go to your master's in? B, oh, uh, BU for gastronomy, which is a fancy word for food studies. Gastronomy. That gastronomy. People are like, oh, so you like analyze people's digestive tracts and like... No, that's see, incorrect. that just sounds like a farting finish to me. <laughs> Very into gastronomy. Goes right along my water sports. I got a cam show. I'll make sure that's my uh, my pickup line nowadays. Except I don't need one anymore. Is that uh, what your undergrad was too? <laughs> or you, or, um, so I did my. You get those Russells. Yeah, you may. Buy me Russell Stover. Get the gastronomy. <laughs> um, I did my undergrad in hospitality management and mm-hmm. journalism. Because I wanted to be around food, but I didn't really know how else to do it. Um, do you cook? Are you? Are yeah. You oh, food? yeah. Okay. And so what made you not want to do, like, the food thing for you know, like, professional so sake? I thought I was going to manage restaurants because that's basically what uh, hospitality is. And mm-hmm. I've worked in restaurants for the last six years. And I am really lucky. You know, I've worked at some great places for some great people. But I, I really don't like the restaurant industry as a career path. I think it's a very efficient way to make money as a creative person, as a writer. Like a dog. But yeah, no, I have hustled all through college. I've worked always at least one to two jobs, and it's like I just I've never been a nine to five. You always had a job as an adult. No way. Thank you so much for acknowledging me. I really appreciate (laughs) it. Um, that was rude. (laughs) Yeah. So. (laughs) Yes. Um. Yeah, no, restaurants are tough. It's like, I want to love them, but at the same time, I really just hate them. It's really, like, I, I feel like rewarding bad behavior by guests, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. really hurts me. Like, when someone complains and is a jerk to me, but then we, like, give them comp free drinks or comp their meal, like, that doesn't make sense to me. And, like, I, I love giving people good experiences. I'm super friendly. I love being around food. But just the whole life, the whole lifestyle too of like you literally have to be at work unless you're throwing up or like bleeding out. That yeah. really well, and also depending on like the style of restaurant, like it can completely change your life schedule. You know what I mean? Totally. Like when I worked in like a, like a you know a nightclub or you know type. Of yeah. It's like you know I got out of work at four thirty in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean I'm a night person, and it's like it's totally cool, and I'm doing that as my consistent thing. But now that I'm getting up early to do writing and like teach yoga and stuff, it's just it kind of throws me off because being there late, like, I'm doing it more for the money, but I also, I'm lucky, the the place that I work, like, everyone is so wonderful, I love working with them, I work for a really, really strong female, this is where you cover your ass, no, 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 I am so lucky to work for a female boss who is a badass, like, she is standing up to sexual harassment in the industry, it's gotten so bad, she actually um, published an article on Eater today about it, and, like, I am so thankful and proud to work for an organization like that because I think women are so undermined in the restaurant industry and it's really not okay. I'm very interested kind of like within the Me Too environment, like when that extends to other like less famous occupations uh, because it's somebody who obviously was in, you know, the restaurant industry, who wants to be in the entertainment industry, who currently works in professional sports, who worked in tech for a long time. Uh, there is one very common thread there, and that is rampant sexism. Uh, if not sexual you know, harassment, at the very least, like lots of discrimination. And I think that was one of the issues I had in a lot of times in tech was like, 
It was weird to be ch- like the person in the room championing women as like just kind of like the other fellow token minority. Like at you know I was probably the only black employee at most of the companies I worked at. The last one I think we had like two. Uh, there was like one queer employee between like the four companies I worked at. I think we had like four maybe five female coworkers in my four tech startups. So it was like it was always like this weird like we had one of everybody but none of anyone. You know what I yeah. mean, uh, and and the restaurant industry—it's quite the opposite. There's women everywhere. You know what I mean? It's—I feel like, but it's very much that classic hierarchy of all the powers at the top of like very few men, uh, and all the employees are you know seventy percent of the company is female. So they you know it's not so much discriminatory as like the culture of the business, yeah, the sexualization I, of it, and it just I don't know. What's tough kind of is like there. you're expected to just deal like. To just well, deal with it. It's like, you're expected to be hospitable, and people's def- definitions of that alter based on a million different things. Yeah, totally. And one person's like hospitality is another person's like rape. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And no, like, exactly. And I mean, even how from within, those lines it's like, aren't clear, I don't know. If but. someone says something to your, like, and you speak up about it, you're always afraid that, like, someone's gonna be like, oh, like, you can't take it, or like, you, hmm. they just look at you as weak. When hmm. I work in a place where the second you speak up after waiting for so long, they're like, oh my gosh, why did you wait so long? Because yeah. it's happened to me, and it's like, I don't know, because I, I'm tough, and I don't want to be weak, and it's like, it's just so nice to see that there are people trying to make a difference in the industry, and it's, I mean, it's like blown up recently just with... Well, yeah, I think, that, I, I think that's pr- probably one of the more natural progressions of that, like, wave of noise, if you will, yeah. um, for lack of a better term. It's like, uh, I feel like service is so tied to entertainment, right? Like, no one goes anywhere to be entertained and doesn't expect to be waited on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, there, there's kind of a natural tie-in and, like, a crossover there, which, like, you know, obviously it starts with the chefs and I think you're Yeah, I mean, that perspective, too, being waited on, like, that really drives me nuts. It's like, I walk up to a table, I am bubbly, I'm blonde, I have blue eyes. I know that the first thought from a lot of people, they look at me and it's like, you're fucking dumb. And I know that because I feel it. And then My all I want to say to... All I want to say to people is, like, I have a master's, I live on my own, like, I have a creative job, like, I just... So I know, this is a way nicer place than mine or Chris's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's rent is uh, a thing. So, um. <laughs> I, so here's my question. Again. But so yeah, like, yeah. Why do you... So obviously, like, what? so what's the next move then? Because obviously you don't want to be doing this... Yeah, so, I mean, I I think working in a restaurant with my friends is a great, efficient way to make money. I'm really lucky to do that. How old are you now? Sorry? How old are you? I'm 25 and a half. Okay, cool. Um, and a half. <laughs> after 30, I'll stop with the halves, but, you know. <laughs> Most people do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone has said that to me recently, but I'm sticking with it. 25 and a half. Um, I am working on starting a blog consulting business. I currently manage... Um, the blog for Bites of Boston Food Tours. They're one of the top-rated food tour companies in Boston. I'm helping them develop new food tours. So it's it's super fun um, to just like feel like my voice can be out there, but also helping a small business owner who really, really needs to find recognition on the internet. So I'm trying... Um, what's the split? How, how much do you want your voice out there versus how much do you like get out of helping others? I think it's got to be I a like balance. helping people. <laughs> it's it's got to be a balance. It's genuine. Yeah. It, when people appreciate it, though... Like, I work, again, it's another, like, woman, small business owner who, like, used to work a corporate job and hustled her way to start this business and make it work. And it's like, I am able to use my skills to help her get recognition on the internet and get more business. Like, it's a win-win, honestly. How long have you been doing that? I've been doing that for a year. And I just, 
I feel like there's a need for it in Boston. There's a lot of small businesses popping up, like chocolate mm-hmm. shops and ice cream businesses. I mean, a lot I of tours. I feel like food tours themselves are very like Bites yeah. of Boston's one of the ones I can pick out the name of, but I feel yep. like every other day I see like a lot some of them have come and gone. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah. So this exactly. one is stay consistent. It's kind of like the ghost tours when I live in Totally. Seven. Yeah. Um, I'd like to do that. So she's continuing to build tours, and I'm hoping to continue with that. I also like to do personal memoir. Mm-hmm. Um, food memoir is a topic that people don't really understand. Okay, so what the fuck is a food memoir? Yeah, so... Because last I checked, a memoir is like my autobiographical reflection yeah, so of my life. So that's so basically like what that it... through food? Yes. You're like, yo, when I was 19, these Wendy's chicken nuggets <laughs> just blew my... They spoke to me on a s- spiritual level. Something like that? No. You need, little, you need a little okay. more practice. All right. I'll a little editing. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, it basically is. Honestly, there's a wide spectrum of um, writing that fits under food memoir. Anything that's personal that's related to food. Like, I've written pieces where food is mentioned one time, and I've written pieces that food is the entire lens. So it really depends on hmm. what the topic is. I've been doing a lot of writing. My mom's been really sick the last couple of years, so I've done a lot of like nostalgic writing about that through food. Hmm. Um, I've also just like had these really vivid taste experiences where I taste something and it's just like the words just come. But it's, it's hard to be a writer because like you have to be self-motivated and I have yeah. put myself in the box of food writing. Mm-hmm. Um, other writing doesn't really appeal to me. So I think I have to really, really hustle in this field that's starting to gain recognition. And I'm curious, do you, do you only write like... Like factual pieces, or do you write like food fiction too? I've never done food fiction, but it's funny because like when I started writing as a nine-year-old, with all my wisdom, um, I wrote fiction, and it was so fun and just so freeing to me. But I, it, I'm so intimidated to write fiction now. I could never it's funny, do that. I, I very much. So I wrote fiction most of my oh, time. Yeah. Like fiction and poetry, and I, the older I got, like. I like I'll still think of the same stories. But I'm like, nah, like you can't, like you can't say that. So That's I'm, because it, your rational brain starts to kick in when you're like when you're younger. It's just like you just do things. Like you just like. How do you avoid that? Because obviously, as a comic, you have to like st- like wash away like the rational side of your brain. But like, no, you can say that. Like this is gonna work. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you, you, you write far probably more than either of us do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I actually just got a like a month long writing like. Mm-hmm writing block that where I couldn't write shit and I just got out of this weekend. But um I I don't know. I, I think <laughs> I think that um you have to do things that scare you and I am like very good at being like, oh this is scary so that's the reason I'm going to do it because it scares the shit out of me. Uh Playing this safe just never worked for me. So if it's so like whether it's comedy getting on stage, like I like all the shows that I took like since I got back in town in January, I haven't wanted to do because I haven't been in a writing block and a funk. But I'm just like I don't want to do anything, so I'm gonna force myself to do it in order to get out of this hole. And you're able to like force yourself through that process. Yeah, it's just like I I, I treat it like just like going to the gym. Like everyone hates going to the gym until it's over. And yeah, then and they hate, it's, yeah. And then, yeah. and then a year down the line, you fucking love every decision. So like, when I'm in these holes, I'm just like, I'm just gonna fucking go. And every time, I'm like, fuck yeah. Now you write like most of your jokes are based in fact as well, right? Like they're based on <laughs> like, real stories. Usually there's like a a, a like seed fiction. of fact in all of them, hmm. and then like either I'll just completely make up the rest of it, or like I'll. Uh, 
or half of it is true, then I'll embellish the rest of it and make it funny and shit. But so that, I guess that's where I'm curious. Like, so obviously, like you have a lot, uh, you have less wiggle room because you're, I like you're, what you're aiming for is to tell like the truth of the story. Yeah, I, the, the I like doing two. Yeah, I like doing two kinds of writing. I really like doing profiles and like getting to know people and telling their story. Interesting. I also like to do kind of like lighter lifestyle pieces and neighborhood guides and things like that. But to go back to what you're saying, I. Writing is a job, and I think a lot of people think that you just get like struck with this inspiration, no, like you just write it. You have to I'm sit down and write. Like exactly. it's not always going to be good. But it's you, mostly going to be dog shit, actually. Yeah, no, it is mostly going to be crap. But you have to sit down and do it, and that's yeah. the hardest part for me. It's like yeah. I'll do everything else in my day, and um, it's hard to make the time for writing. Like I have all these ideas, but actually, self motivating is yeah. the hardest. Part. Where I'm at, I'm like, I'm trying to do like 20 minutes a day, but I'd never, if I sit down and I start writing, to say I'm going to write 20 minutes, it always ends like an hour later and I'm just yeah. like, oh, fuck. It's, most of it's dog shit, but like, I did it. Yeah. But here's the thing, you sit down to write for 20 minutes, you write for an hour, and you end up with five minutes that isn't dog shit. You maybe. Know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, right, fair, maybe. But it's like, if, if you only wrote for 20 minutes, it'd be 20 minutes of dog shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I so I, I, as I said, like I've been writing all of my life, and I pretty much stopped writing around like twenty two, twenty three or so. And it's like been on my list. It's like I want to get back to it, but I'm very intimidated by just that, like the block of it all. Uh, so I'm curious, kind of like why, why food? Like why? Like what makes you so passionate? Like you just, just eat start. something, you're like, oh my god, I just have to tell the world about this. And there's no, no other way I could ever <laughs> spread the gospel of this sandwich than by the written word. Like, what is, like, what brings you to action for that? I love talking about this because every time someone asks me, like, what do you do as a food writer? Like, are you a critic? Like, do you just write about dishes? That's such a narrow view of what is it. It's okay because people don't really understand what food writing actually is. And I like to write from the emotional side of things. And I like to write about nostalgia, I, I'll be walking down the street and I'll smell a food and it'll make me think of being in my grandmother's kitchen when it's like raining outside and she's cooking spaghetti and meatballs, something like that. I really like to write about my own emotions and my own experiences. And if I do taste something that's really great, I want to tell the world about it, but I'm not trying to critique restaurants. I'm, not, I'm honestly not like trying to go out and get free food. Like I'm trying to share my experiences with people. And that's also been hard because it's like, why does anyone want to hear my experiences? There's so many people in the world. But when I'm reading someone else's personal writing and I can connect to one moment of it, it's so special that, like, why can't I try to do that? Yeah. So that's my goal. If, like, if I can make you think about your grandmother's kitchen or, like, a special moment you had growing up, that's – I've done my job. Yeah. I think the biggest thing, like, one of the biggest blocks for anyone creative is what you say right there. Why am I special? Like, why would I do this? Mm. And it's usually – what stops a lot of people from approaching something creative or feeling like they have something to offer is that like little seed of doubt, like what, what makes me so important? And it's like, yeah, but if you think something, you should do it because someone is going to be affected. It's like almost a rippling effect in your creativity. Yeah. Well, yeah. not to stroke our own dicks too hard here, but like that's one of the things like this podcast really showed me was like, I didn't realize that many people really gave a shit what I had to say or what mm. you had to say. Like, I didn't know you before, so I definitely yeah. didn't give a shit what you had to say because <laughs> you're some stranger on the internet. <laughs> nah, I kind of give a shit what you had to say. Uh, but no, it's like, it's been very interesting to me because it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, not that we're like crazy famous or anything, but all of a sudden, like a couple hundred people every week are like listening to like what the fuck I have to say about something. And it's like, well, I don't know what makes me 
like qualified to do that. I I have some like prim notions about what I I think do. It's but, becoming like, genuinely you. That's it's taken me. I mean, not that long, but like <laughs> twenty five years to learn that like you just have to speak in your own voice. Don't yeah. try to sound like someone else. Don't try to use fancy language. Like I just, I just, just feel like that's such cliche yourself. advice to give people. Though. But it's hard, very hard because for you, people to do it. Like, it's, it's, it's very hard. I just I also think it's unreal. Like for a lot of people, it's unrealistic. Like. A lot of people can't be themselves and maintain circumstances that allow them to live. You know what I mean? Like, it's easier to be yourself when you have a job where you can be yourself at. Exactly. It's easier to be yourself when you have a family you can be yourself around. But you need, but it's necessary to find that whatever zone or whatever creative outlet outlet where you can just be yourself and be like completely true and be honest. And if it's something like writing or stand up or acting or whatever, it's almost it's a necessity to be yourself because we get so inundated with like media and shit like that. People are so like sensitive to bullshit now that you. Ha- I think right now it's way more important to be yourself and be like true. Hey, bud. Yeah, he agreed. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let me let me ask you this then. Like, somebody gave me the advice when I was younger, and God, do I wish I took it. Looking back, but you both obviously moved you know, to new places or whatever. How much of that do you feel like gave you kind of like the license to like find yourself? Because I feel like that's a lot of people's biggest hangups is like, I'm like, you know, I'm still within an hour of where I grew up. Mm -hmm. So anything I do, whether it be on air on this podcast or at work or, you know, when I went to school or whatever, Mm -hmm. like it's very probable to get back to people who've known me for 20 Mm -hmm. plus years. Mm -hmm. Whereas like being from Ohio, there's a lot of things like you can do here that nobody there will ever know about. So it gives you a freedom to be yourself. Same thing being from New York, I'm sure. It's a great question. Is, does that like open up the door for you to be like, fuck it. Like I, I can be this new me and, like, I think it's hilarious this cat's going to be Like, I can be this new me, and then, like, nobody nobody who knows the old me is going to be here to judge it. Like, one of the strangest mm-hmm. things about adulthood to me is, like, you only know people how you met them. Like, I only yeah. know 24-ish old you. You know, yeah. I've known you for, like, a year. You know, that's the only version of Rachel I know. I have no idea who you were at 16. I don't know who you were at 25. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always been a sparkly unicorn. That <laughs> makes perfect sense to me. Uh, but, uh, like, I don't know. Like, how much of it is that? Like... You know, I ha- I honestly have to say, I am very lucky to have been born and raised in New York City, and I feel like just this attitude of, like, like all I can be... Like all seem to think. Yeah. Well, yes. I can be completely... Second best city in the Northeast. <laughs> cool. I'm not going to start this because I don't want to embarrass you on your own podcast. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. But oh, you're welcome. So, being from New York, like, I've always just had this, like, go get... <laughs> this go get it attitude. Like, I started taking the subway when I was 11 years old. It's like, I... I've always been pretty independent. Um, and I started living out of the house when I was 16. I went to boarding school to play ice hockey. So What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Fun fact. <laughs> fun fact. I went to Olympic training camp for two years for ice hockey. Um, yeah. So, yes, to me. Um, I lived away when I was so young, and so I kind of, like, got that... Out of the way. Yeah. And then I went away to college, and I, like... I didn't even really look at any colleges in New York, I don't think. I have been super close with my parents my whole life, but the second I moved here, it just felt so, like, freeing to be in charge of what I was doing all the time. And my parents always gave me the freedom to do whatever I wanted, but, but now you've I took it, it and I ran with it. And I, I did think that I'd want to move back to New York after school, um, but I, I just haven't like been ready. I yeah, know, haven't been ready to do it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, 
I will admit that for the first couple of years I lived here, I had that attitude of like, wow, New York is so much better. I'm so much better. Like all those things. <laughs> and now it's just like, I really love Boston. I New York New has my different. heart. It has my heart, and it it taught me to be independent. It taught me to grow up really fast. It taught me to just like be myself at all times. But I don't know. I've also learned a lot growing into adulthood in Boston. So, so it's funny you say that. I always people are very scared of the idea of raising like kids in an urban environment. I hate that. I think like New York City, actually, in my opinion, everyone I know who grew up there, those are like the best people I know. Because, like, you are exposed to literally everything, but in this very confined, like, safe way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, totally. No, like, nothing's going to happen without five billion fucking witnesses. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, yeah, like, go out and, like, do whatever. Just, yeah. you know, keep your pager on you. Make sure, like, you don't <laughs> go down, page. like, you know, fucking 112. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know what I mean? That's just kind of how it is. Except uh, now it's getting all bougie up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Fucking uptowns, yeah, the, the new BX. Uh, but uh, and so I guess like you just you kind of have that early exposure to a lot of different people. I feel like otherwise you have to kind of go somewhere else. Like New York is New York's the only place with every type of like yeah. yeah. You know I consider myself a, a person of you know diverse background, diverse friend groups. I know you have the fucking Rainbow Coalition of friends as we always joke about. It's like you're one of your or a few of your best friends are Middle Eastern, right? It's yeah. like. Just being from Boston, like there has like this is the largest like Middle Eastern population the Northeast has ever had, mm-hmm. and it's like two percent maybe yeah. of the greater Boston area. So it's like I didn't know any Middle Eastern people growing up. Mm-hmm. Like the fucking like nine eleven happened, I was like, where where are they from? Yeah. Uzbekistan, Afghanistan, where the fuck is this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I never like heard of these places when I was like 11, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. But then like. Or like, uh, that's so crazy to me. Yeah, exactly. I don't, and I don't even think about that, which is like I could be from this huge city, but like that's still so narrow-minded of me to not even th- to just think that everyone knows everyone all well, the time. But it, like, and I, I guess like, it's weird because I want to be one of these people who's like I'm accepting of all people, yeah, 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 inclusion for everybody, you know, peace, love, and unity. Uh, at the same time, like. It's like, I, there are so many types of people I've literally never met. So for all I know, like, they could be the demons that fucking white people make them out to be. I have no idea. I just give them the benefit of the doubt because I've never met them. You know what I mean? It's like, I've, I've had like six Asian friends collective ever in my life. You know what I mean? There was like four Asian people in my entire hometown. I just didn't know any of them. Life has shown me all the ones I've met and have befriended. Seemingly good people, no beef. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, like I don't know a ton of them. Uh, and so one of the weird things about adulthood, like moving out, is like the slow, like I guess, introduction of all these new cultures. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's better to have young when you're still adaptable, or old when you like can kind of like think through the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I, I think I think I always had like a a diverse group of friends since I was young, and I think it. It helps. Uh, Were there like any like obvious blank spots? Like obviously, I know you have mad black friends and there are mad Middle Eastern friends. Couple mm-hmm. of years, like are there like groups of ethnicities that are just like missing completely from your friend circles? Not really. I mean, not that I would like our close friends, but I've always been like very open. So like I, I would have I like, like you, friends you that were like, like yeah, me. I would have friends of all different cultures throughout like like high school, middle school, and so forth. So like, and I knew like. It was v- when you're a minority, yeah. and then you hear 
certain like you hear other people's opinions about the minority group, mm-hmm. you realize early that oh like oh this is bullshit. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming the rest of this shit that I've heard it's is a- bullshit. So like you you move and once you establish that at a young age, you can maneuver through culture and and and, and society, mm-hmm. knowing that people have their already prejudices and their there's opinions and so forth. I but, think I think that's the answer then. Yeah, I think that's the trick to New York is white people grow up around enough other minorities yeah. that like they have that experience like yeah. you hear you hear the way other people talk about insert whatever minority group here and then yeah. you look to your left and you look to your right and it's like oh, yeah. no that shit can't no, be true yeah, I've been hanging out with these kids since we were yeah. four or this guy owns <laughs> you know, it, and you know this time, guy who's Pakistani owns the store in the corner he's always been good yeah, to you know what I mean? exactly. yeah, and, so and then right. by the time you're of age like make a decision it's like well, I know you gave me bullshit about them. I know you gave me bullshit about them. So that's like, the shit you're saying about women, that's probably not true. The shit you're saying about queer people, that's probably not true. Yeah. The shit you're saying about Pakistani people, I know that ain't true. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden, it's like, but like, that's why I kind of love like new school teenagers in New mm-hmm. York City. Like, he's like 60, <laughs> like they're all on way too many drugs and doing all sorts of fuck shit. But boy, is that like an inclusive group? Yeah, you can just yeah. show like you go to like a like a teenage hip hop show in like Brooklyn now, yeah. and niggas just out here like, yeah, like I'm asexual but pansexual but transgender but like 14 different races and I have one arm. Yeah. Don't discriminate against me. I'm like nigga, yeah. I'm just trying to figure you it's out. It's just like, oh, that's <laughs> it. You yeah. worry? It's just like worry, my nigga. Like let's smoke a blunt. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just mad chill. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I love that. That's what I love about New York. That I mean, I've always said too that like I feel like I grew up in a huge city, but in a small neighborhood. Like I knew all the deli owners. I knew the person at the laundromat, the restaurant. Like I know. Well, Everyone. And, and so I guess like I think that's what's changed about New York is like yeah. the neighborhood used to be like they're still small or whatever, but like before internet, like the neighborhood was small and you didn't leave the neighborhood. Yeah. Now you have friends from all like yeah. you have friends from every neighborhood in the borough. You know what I mean? At yeah. least. And so like between that, then you fucking know all sorts of people. Where back then, like you only hung out in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you might have gotten to twenty years old and not known a non-Italian. Yeah. You know what I mean? If no, you grew up true. in the same neighborhood in nineteen seventy five. Yeah. Uh, which is a scary, scary thought because those people it's, run the government. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, but I agree. I <laughs> one of the backtrack on one of the things you you asked is that I do think that leaving your environment that you grew up with does allow you an opportunity to reinvent yourself. Yes. Unlike mm-hmm. because if you grow up in one town and you stay there throughout your life, it's those opinions have an effect on you like if you were like the bad kid or like the class clown or like the jokester it's very hard for people to remove you out that outside that box so when you become you're the class clown and now you want to start a business like no 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 dude just make jokes why are you running a business when did you become a uh, business guy and it's like that has weight. And, and like, the guy saying that is the guy at the bank you just applied for a loan. Exactly. And, and you know, and, and the one thing when you have, when you move away from it and you have a time alone and you have time to explore and to re-examine yourself, you realize that, that that's, no, that's your insecurity that you're projecting on me. Like, you know, I it's also like that's a younger me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, like, one of the things I think is tough for a lot of people to accept and like, I grab with obviously like still living here or whatever is mm-hmm. like, 
you're allowed to just separate the like versions of yourself. Like I've yeah. been so many different types of people, yeah. and a lot of them were very shitty. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I was a terrible human being a lot of different times. I was a thief. I was a liar. I was a cheating, shitty boyfriend. Mm. Like I found out I had an STD while I was in the middle of getting a blowjob. Didn't tell the person until after. Jesus. You know what I mean? Like I've been a terrible person at a lot of different times in my life. But that uh, one time you put roses on the bed in the hotel. Yeah. That shit did not work. <laughs> that led to the worst breakup. Uh, but my point is, like, you're allowed to then, like, recognize that you were shitty and change and grow up. And I think that's harder to do with people who've known you the whole time. Because you never, yeah. You yeah, the, the battery's dying. Really, once we reach this, like, hour point, like, the battery starts to be like, hey. You, you stay doing this to me. Uh, <laughs> no, but I think it's, it's one of those things, like, you reach a certain point where, like, people think that they know everything that there is to know about you. So you can't change their mind. It doesn't matter what you do. Uh, and that's obviously a lot easier to do with a new audience. So that's why I think picking up and getting away is important. Uh, that being said, like, I think it just takes a certain amount of confidence and willpower to, like, look at people who've known you for 20 years and be like, yeah, I get it. Like, you knew me when I was throwing up outside of the bar and, like, peeing on myself. Yes, I wear suits to work now. Get over it. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I, I plan on, like, starting my investment portfolio and buying some properties. Like, we're fucking old now. Like, get with the program, dude. Uh, I guess it, oh, it's, sad. it's sad to see that some people, yeah. like, can't ever make that transition. You know I mean? No, that is sad. I've never had that extreme experience of, like, being one person making a big change. I've just kind of, like, more. I feel like I've grown in myself emotionally. And it's, it's also, like, growing up in New York, I played hockey. So, like, so much of my life in New York was hockey at school and now I feel like I've been able to come into my own socially and just like live a life in Boston that's so you said you went to boarding school you were in Olympic training we kind of like glossed over yeah. what is that like so do you have a social life do you see other people not really do you date like not do you really ever eat real food <laughs> oh not really I went to so many chain restaurants that just like really hurt my food soul but I, I stepped on the ice when I was seven I played hockey until right before college and it was the only thing I did I trained year round I played boys hockey played girls I played travel I played tournaments I did the Olympic training camps I, it was just like non-stop because the goal was to play D1 hockey because that was and then maybe go to the Olympics because that was the option for women at that point and now the NWHL exists and that was not in my sights when I was playing and I just got so burned out and I said man I just want to have a life in college I don't want to be tied to the rink to the gym because I just I wasn't able to put the blinders on to the rest of my life at that point I was able to do it for so long but I got to the point where it's just like I know that this is not going to be the rest of my life and I need to start building it now. So it did kind of feel like a new start when I came to Boston because I wasn't looking at Boston schools for hockey. Mm -hmm. So I came here. And Interestingly just, enough. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, I was probably going to be like out in the middle of the woods with no cell phone service, which is like as a city girl. I just could never, yeah. I could never I live that life. No, and even just being confined to doing one thing in college, like just playing hockey, like I just couldn't do it anymore. I really, really needed to break free and just like mm -hmm. figure myself out. And I feel like I've grown a lot in the last four years, like I figured so what, out my career so what path. Happened with hockey? You, you just said you were done. You were done. That was it. But yeah, I was in Detroit playing a hockey tournament. Well, I I'm take, assuming you were getting like from the sound of it, you had like fucking scholarship offers and shit lined up. Like you just took a pass on all that. You know, and took like I, 120 grand <laughs> student loans. Yeah, that doesn't make it sound so good. I, I so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like Rocky, basically, man, this is crazy. basically. A lot of my other, a lot of my friends played other sports, mm -hmm. and I was never interested in other sports. So I played hockey year round, which led to me getting super burned out. 
and I was getting like scholarship offers from really really high level D3 schools mm. but I was still kind of on the cusp of D1 so I took a gap year between high school and college to train and get to that level and during that year I just like I literally just had one day breakdown and I was like I can't do this mm. I and I just walked away I like went to practice the next week I told the team and I just quit so not quit I thought. don't like that word I didn't quit I just I realized that it wasn't going to be sustainable for me to keep playing and I stopped and I kind of miss it now but, <laughs> but now I voice. teach yoga which is like totally different yeah I was going to say that seems like a huge <laughs> went, swing so what happened yeah. like you just like channel your like violence into like <laughs> I was a very violent hockey player so I basically went from like I'm going to crush you in the gym like, so I came to BU and I was like weight training with the guys. I was like the only girl in the weight room. I was like, this doesn't feel right anymore. So I started just doing like other workouts and I got into yoga because I realized that I'd rather like channel my physical fitness competition into like self like healing and wellness. So I started going to yoga and of course I was competitive at first. I was like, oh, I can't do that. Why is everyone else like doing so much better? And then you realize that that is not what yoga is about. Mm. It's not a talent show. It's not who's the best. It's very much like a mind it, yeah, it's it's absolutely. It's about gratitude. It's very personal. And I've been on this journey. I did my teacher training last year, and it's just like, it's been life changing. And at this point, I just want to continue on that path because if you can do something that's great for your mind and your body at the same time, it's like we have no time in the day to do anything. So if I can do both of those things at once, it's great. Yeah. But I do get fired up when I watch the Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> like that's it's in there. No, you can tell it's in there. That's for goddamn sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm <laughs> terrified of angry, drunk, and or sad uh, Rachel. Yeah, watch out. No, okay. Uh, shit. <laughs> no, that's. But also namaste. Like you gotta have the balance. Huh. And I have the same how, how do you find that about, like, how did you make that jump from, like, violent, angry, like, <laughs> fuck you, I'm going to murder you, like, I'm out here just benching all the fucking weights, to, like, namaste, mother, like, let's have a glass of tea. Because at this point, it's, like, it's more, I don't like the word competition in relation to yoga, but it is kind of like a competition with myself. It's, like, I'm not competing with other people, mm. but... I am furthering my own practice. Like, if I want to do a handstand, if I'm not practicing it every day, I'm not going to do it. It's not. I'm not just going to, like, float up into the air. And that's the aspect that I like because I still have to put in the hard work and the dedication. Mm. It's still frustrating. But it's, like, as I work for the frustration, I'm, like, improving emotionally instead of just, like, I, bruises all over me and, like, wanting to beat someone up. I think that's the, the most fun. rewarding thing of yoga I found is, mm -hmm. like, the, the push to do something physical in yoga is almost always mental. Mm -hmm. It's, like, it, it's... Everything, everything I couldn't like, I thought I couldn't do physically. If I'm able to get my mind to the right place mm -hmm. where I believe it, it happens with my yep. body, and I just, I, it's like being on drugs to me. I think it's the coolest thing in the world. It's like it's, I it thought is. it, and then yeah. it happened, and it like that doesn't work in real life. Like nothing ever. Where I'm just like, no, yeah. this happens now, and I'm just <laughs> like, no, I'm doing a handstand. Holy shit, I'm upside down. I have it's, been for 48 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Namaste. Yeah, it's all about dope. challenging fear and that like in every part of my life I've grown up with tons of fear and anxiety and yoga has helped me literally stand on top of it on my hands and like coming from a competitive sports so background cool. thanks I'm <laughs> uh, coming from a competitive sports background it's like it's so nice because people think of yoga it's like ooh these like ethereal green juice drinking women like no and I'm honestly here to send that message of like Yoga is for everybody. Like, it's for every person. It's a personal journey. And that, like, I feel like there's such a space for that 
today because, you know, I talk to people, it's like, oh, I can't do yoga. There's no one that can't do yoga. Yeah. Like, you can sit still and meditate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might suck at first, but like, <laughs> parentheses. <laughs> You may be trash. Do not go to the hot yoga yeah, session yeah, yeah. at the Boston Sports Club. Don't be to do fainting and hot yoga. I will be better than you. Yeah. It's um, not competition. But please But come. if it was, you'd be losing. I see. It's in there. It's in there. I'm in first place. You're in last. But no. But no, but no, no one else but is we're all, we're all on equal plane. Everyone knows it, but like, we won't say anything about it. You just I'm just... Said. You're going to... I'm on a higher plane mentally and spiritually. Yeah. You just got to get there, right? Come on this journey with me. <laughs> You'll never reach there, but it's good to strive for it. But and also- I do shave my legs. I just want to say, <laughs> no, I, so my boyfriend said to me that he's like, well, I mean, he said this before he found out, but he was just but, like, that I shaved my legs. He uh, was like, do you like shave your legs and your arms? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, you're like a yoga hippie. And I was like, that doesn't mean I'm like a nature like, forest woman. Like, yeah, I feel like yoga hippies and like hippies are different type. Yeah, like yoga hippies aren't really hippies at all. Yoga hippies are yuppies. That's, yeah, I'm not that like Lululemon like yoga mat flaunting kind of person. Yeah. I'm just like I'm a mm, I'm gonna like go like drink at the bar or I'm gonna like. Go to yoga, and I'm gonna go like have a cookie. I it's all about that balance. So you walked yeah. away from hockey, walked to the nearest bakery, and yes. it's all been love since. Basically, yeah. Love oh, food and writing. Love food and writing. Yeah. Where are we going on time? We're at a minute or an hour twenty-three. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. You wanna mm-hmm. do final four? You should. All right. We wanna go first or second? You go first. All right. You wanna start race, politics, relationships, or pop culture? We already, me and you already answered some of these questions, so I feel like... No, we do different ones every time. All right, cool. Politics. Politics? All right, we'll start with the easy one. First, first time you ever voted for, who'd you vote for, and do you like... Do you remember anything particular about it or why you voted for them? First election I voted in was in 2012. I was 20. I voted for Obama, obviously. I'm from New York. Um, That's not so obvious. I, that, yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm from the West Side. Romney's act is looking really good. Yeah, that's that's true. I I voted in the high school that's attached to my apartment building, and I... The high school attached to your apartment building? Yeah. That's some New York shit. Uh, It is. Uh, I'm not, like, I'm not super connected to politics, but I have always, like, I've been so excited to be able to represent, like, being a Democrat in New York and just being, like, free and whoever you want to be. That's fair. So. Uh, we were talking about moving and like being able to like be free in New York. Mm-hmm. One of the things I fear most about moving being from here is like there's only like five places politically that are even <laughs> safe to be me mm-hmm. in like this climate. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like here in New York, California, Washington State. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Illinois maybe. There's Minnesota. Pockets. I feel like yeah, there's, there's, there's like, a handful. Like you can like if you're talking about like Austin, Texas, it's very liberal. City. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Yeah, it's, the, you, have, you you can find cities, but yeah. like full states, not yeah, really. Nah. Uh, race like, relationships or pop culture? Am I asking her or yeah. am I answering? You're asking. Okay. So we do four questions oh, at the end yeah, of every guest. <laughs> You know my memory. I try to start yeah. traditions on this fucking podcast. It's okay. Podcast. I'm ready. Right. I, even I know what you, this. What do you want? Pop culture. Pop culture. All right. Uh, what is the first... All right. What is... You're stuck in the island. 
what's the top three albums that you have to bring mm. on this island with you? Mm. Millennium by the Backstreet Boys. Oh my god. Don't act like you wouldn't bring it to. <laughs> three albums for the rest of my life. Actually, you know what? That's Come actually not a bad pick because like it's built to be repetitively listened to. Yeah. So like good music yeah. could drive you crazy if you listen to it too much. No. Pop music is meant to be played be over the and album over. That I, I not my choice, but I hung myself from one of the yeah. trees. <laughs> That's yeah, I'm mad. Alright, Um That's tough. I'm a big country fan, and I, I, I love Keith Urban. I can't one of his albums. I'm not sure which one, but definitely one of his albums. I've always loved him. And then, mm, Little Mix's most recent album. Little Mix. I love them. So you know uh, Little Mix, Backstreet Boys, and Keith Urban. That basically you are the whitest person I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey man, oh, all right. Hey, we, we are a, an all-inclusive, positive podcast here, so I will not shame anyone for their life choices, but those are not the choices I would make. Wait, wait, where'd you go? Real quick. Oh, shit. Uh, three albums forever? Three albums forever. Um, Streetlight Manifesto's first album, probably. That was a great album. I forget the name of it. Uh, not Keys B9, it's the one that uh, preceded that. Uh it's I'm, not easy. I, I might get killed for this, but uh, honestly, from under the cork tree, but follow boy probably on <laughs> I fucking love that album. Oh. Front to back, I know every word. Uh, and then I gotta get something with like some bang to it, but I'd have to like. I'm trying to think of like a good like double album you could bring to like yeah, fill in my, like, yeah, mine like, should be like life at the or, uh, life at the death. See, this is my thing. Like, I need something that had like a lot of different vibes though, yeah. like hip hop vibes. That's gonna be my only hip hop album I yeah. brought. Uh, I think I'd probably go, and this is, again, probably not a popular pick, but something I can listen to over and over again that had a wide range. I think Beg for Mercy from G-Unit. Yeah. Like, I think I would take that album. Like, for, be, like, that's some staying power in my rotation yeah. for, like, years of my yeah. adolescent self. You? Uh, yeah, I'm I, just do, I do Life After Death. All right. Uh, maybe, like, a, a Tupac's Greatest Hit. Yeah, that was, gonna, that was my, my thought was that, but I feel like that's... And, and then, like, a, a Bob Marley Greatest Hit. Trying not to blow my brains out because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I find curious about that though. All of the music that we selected is all music that is very, like, I guess, critical of, like, society. Yeah. If you're on, a, 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 like, an island alone, yeah. I wouldn't want to be hearing about, like, a society I've become detached from for, mm-hmm. like, a decade. Yeah. It's problems. I think it's, yeah. it's like, it's nostalgic. Yeah. No, so I remember like, when I had human interaction. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I wasn't fucking this pineapple. Every yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so spiky, but so juicy. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, relationships or race? Who's asking me the question? This guy. Relationships. <laughs> uh, hmm. I don't know. I feel like that was it. Uh... Is that you? No. Oh, so, no, I was just like, oh, what's this? Uh, hmm. How old were you when you had your first boyfriend and or girlfriend? Do you um, remember like who it was and how that happened? My first boyfriend I had for like two weeks, and I was 11 years old. I think his name... Oh, that's embarrassing. I think it was TJ. 
I also dated TJ in college, but he like kissed me on the cheek in front of science class, and it was like, oh my god. <laughs> no, I mean that's that's big news at eleven. That is. Yeah. I kissed a girl in elementary school, and it was all the hubbub between the parents. I was like, oh all man. <laughs> then I bought her a ring for Valentine's Day. Actually, I bought her a ring because we had been dating for two weeks, and so I was like, duh. It was adorable. <laughs> it was a little silver heart, and it opened up into best friends inside. Oh, and I gave it to her, yeah. and she threw it back at me and ran out <laughs> the room crying. And that that was, sounds about right. Yeah, for the, some reason, you stay romantic. <laughs> Right? I've been buying for acceptance ever since. I would say she was on her period, but it seems like she's a little too young for that. Probably. It was the first one. Women have, women have crushed my romantic instinct already. I just gave it up. That's why I, I love my car girlfriend. Her romance is pancakes. This is my bet. Uh, last one's race. Your call. Okay. Uh, it's... it's it's the last one, so she just ha- oh, oh I just asked a question. question. Oh yeah, all right, cool. All right, you are uh, horrible. At this. I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at stand up comedy, though. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I'm really good on stage when it's just me. <laughs> from now on, we're broadcasting from a stage. <laughs> um. So race. All right. Uh, you've dated people from other races, right? Correct. All right. Have you brought them home? Yeah. And who was, between your family, who was the one that you were most nervous about? Mm. <clears throat> Good question. I, f- I, you know, like all excited for this answer. It's just not like, I was not, no one was nervous. No one? No, I grew up in like, me- no. Maybe like a grandma that was like, okay. ah. I, <laughs> that switched up. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the Funniest thing, because it's just so perfect for this moment, that my mom has said to me since I am little. Mm-hmm. I love my dad, and so does she, but she has always, always wished that she had married a black man so I would have rhythm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she tells everyone. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't have rhythm? Is that her, like, that's just like... All cheeks, no rhythm, bro. That's a low blow. I think that, I have rhythm. The mom does it. <laughs> How old is she? Fifty six. Okay, so if a white woman in her fifties tells you you don't have rhythm, <laughs> you don't have rhythm. Like her mistake was like, God, we sh- if I would just slept with Jamal, this would, I wouldn't have to. Walk- we wouldn't have to watch my daughter embarrass her family. My Do you know how sick. much his apartment in Brooklyn would be worth by now? <laughs> <laughs> no, but going back to the actual question, no one's ever been nervous. Like yeah. I. I'm, I grew up in a place where I was just like, I don't Dave's know. happy you had a boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> to be just honest. Like Did you ever do the girls? Did you ever bring a girl home? No. Uh, no, I, I'm always curious. You can be curious. Person. No. All right. So your family's just like perfect. You just show black people. Yeah. There's, 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 there's an uncle. Awesome. There's always yeah. an uncle in the family. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Seriously. Everyone's got an uncle. <laughs> got that one Bro, I'm from New England. I don't know what an uncle is. <laughs> so, Dude, there's no, certain no, words like, that I just butcher in that. Yeah. It was a good question. Anything else just, you want to add on this episode? I feel like we're at like an hour forty. No, we're at an hour thirty three. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, we we wasted enough of these people's time. <laughs> Do you have a good time? I had a great time. Thanks, I'm man. still having a good time. Is there anything time. you want to plug for our listeners? Where they can find your writing? Yeah, oh, by find? the way, you guys yeah. should do for your blog and shit. Mm-hmm. You guys should do video stuff too. I've wanted to get into videos. That's the next. Do it. That's the next step. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. If I you need don't to see get next fired to the for being on our video, then you should definitely yeah. get them to do videos. That, I want to start doing yoga videos too. So if anyone um, wants private yoga teaching, you can email me. This just sounds dirty. <laughs> I thought you were going to say oh, private people yoga videos. Like you. Like, it's people yeah. like you. That's probably true. <laughs> RachelDSimone7 at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram. There's lots of desserts. Um, there really are a lot yeah, of desserts. Yeah, Rachel. Dot fat, you can just look at her Instagram. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, Rachel.DeSimone. And then I write for Bites of Boston food tours. And the cake they didn't eat is my personal website. The cake they didn't eat is dope. You should definitely check that out. Also, for everybody listening at home, DeSimone with the D-E, not the D-I. Mm-hmm. Uh, for y'all who aren't as familiar with the Italian. Uh, we'll be plugging all the shit all week anyway so if you catch our episode anywhere throughout the week definitely make sure you check out the blog make sure you check out the tour and make sure you keep an eye out for the future mm-hmm. Chris you got shit you plugging you actually remember dates for a change uh, <laughs> yeah I do I am at it's crazy oh. to be the anchor of this podcast <laughs> I have absolutely nothing to plug ever for myself I'm just I like know. yeah I just show up and talk to people <laughs> y'all niggas plug Don't your fans for shit <laughs> shit I forgot where my show is this Saturday Oh. Yeah, I will just plug Just follow us on Facebook. I'll put the oh. shows that I'm on. I, I'm so really bad at My calls is terrible. Follow us on social media. It's at underscore late to work on Twitter, late to work podcast at gmail.com. Any of your questions, comments, bookings. If you think you're important and fabulous and deserve to be on our podcast, drop us an email. We'll decide whether or not you're worth talking to. I'm just kidding. I'm not that judgy. Uh, you can find <laughs> us everywhere else on the internet. Just at late to work, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, soon to be Spotify, and a lot of other places wherever you like to get your podcast. Uh, and we'll see y'all next week. Don't be yeah, a dickhead. Don't be a dick. Peace. Why you make it so complicated? Why you make it so complicated? Off the drink we concentrate. Off the drink we concentrate. I know you won't leave me hanging. I know, no. Smoking weed out the container. We smoke, we smoke. We spend cash for entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. There's more.